Okay, so I found uh, an interesting video from Sam Harris where he talks about the meaning of life, or in my opinion, avoids talking about the meaning of life. I think it's an informative and enlightening clip, but perhaps not in the way Sam Harris intended. Uh, he's on the podcast with Lex Friedman, who's an AI researcher and a podcast host, very, very popular. He, Joe Rogan really likes him because he's into martial arts. Okay. Let me ask you the last question. Uh -huh. Without any serving it up, without any explanation, what is the meaning of life? I think it, it, it's either the wrong question or that question is answered by paying sufficient attention to any present moment such that there's no there's no basis upon which to, to pose that question. It's not answered in the usual way. It's not it's not a matter of having more information. It's it's having more engagement with reality as it is in the present moment or, or consciousness as it is in the present moment. You don't okay, ask that. Pause it for a second. So he's saying so he's asked without dressing it up you know, in any way, just give it to me straight. What is the meaning of life? I mean, to his credit, he did, didn't he? Well, <laughs> he said, well, no, he, he, gave his, he gave his opinion on how you should address it straight up. He didn't, oh, he didn't mince his words. Right. He says, it's either the wrong question. I don't understand how that can be the wrong question. When see, people say the meaning see, of life, they mean, what is the purpose of life, essentially? Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. What is the purpose of life? Either that's the wrong question, or you should live your life with sufficient engagement with the present moment so that it doesn't even arise. Yeah, because the questions of purpose and meaning only arise when you're not, you know, completely um, absor absorbed in the sensory experience of daily living. <laughs> yeah. Which anybody past about the age of seven usually gets past, I think. You know, yeah, you, it... about past the age of seven, you're like, okay, you know, I've done this before, <laughs> right? I walk over there, I eat something, which is great, and it tastes nice, and there's a bit of a sensory experience there, but they're not like wowed by it at every moment. So basically yeah. what he's saying is, is that you need to regress your brain... <laughs> Okay, to a condition whereby you are like a less than a seven year old. Because when you when you have a newborn baby, you don't have kids. I've got kids, right? You know, inshallah, one day. All right. The, you know, when you have a kid, you've inshallah. seen my you see you've got you know I have seen your you've seen my kids, my exactly. niece and nephew. Yeah. So and you've seen other kids perhaps in your life as well. And and newborn babies, when you see them for the first time, I'm just going off on one just after forty six seconds. But anyway, um <laughs> tap on podcast, you don't do that. So after you know, when you see a newborn baby. Like the, there comes a point in like four or five weeks, mm -hmm. pretty young, okay, when they suddenly realize that they have hands. <laughs> isn't that true? It's true. It's true, isn't it? It's true. Yeah. They suddenly, right? They suddenly realize that they've got hands and they're literally like, <laughs> and then, then like, like a bit later, they realize they've got feet and really? they just get obsessed with their feet. And they're like sticking their feet in their mouths and they're like hitting their feet and they're like hitting everything with it. And, you know, successively over the course of their life, they realize, oh, I've got this, I've got that, I can do this, I'm going to do that. Uh -huh. Well, then it's more external. I can encounter this, I can experience yeah, that. But like, and like simple things then become hilarious. That's like the childhood when you're like a burp is like hilarious. Like your burp <laughs> is like absolutely hilarious. But, but seriously, like, and this is basically what he's saying. Yeah. You need to be so enamored like a child hmm. from the present sensory moment that the issues of future consequence yeah. of your actions and of what you're doing here and what's the overarching purpose and meaning, they don't even arise. That's mm. what I've taken away from those 46 seconds. Well, we do have like eight minutes left, or nine if you actually could do arithmetic. Think, I don't think there's any point in watching the rest. No, no, let's, I think let's, it's done. Let's see it. Let's All right, guys, see, that's let, it. Let's um, see. And we will see you. Let's see how we got it. We got to. We got to be fair. Let's see how it substantiates it. Okay, just put it on like 1.75. No, no, no. This I is can't. this is good. This is this. Okay, fine. The question: When you're most captivated. By the most important thing you ever pay attention to, it, 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 that's a that's a that question only gets asked. He's looking at his hands as well. When you're 
abstracted away from that experience, that peak experience, and you're left wondering why are so many of my other experiences mediocre, right? Like, why am I repeating the same pleasures every day? Why, do, why is my Netflix queue just like, when's this going to run out? Like, I've seen so many shows like this. Am I really going to watch another one? Like, you're, you, all of that, th th that's a moment where you're not actually having the beatific vision, right? You're not, you're, you're not sunk into the present moment. And you're not truly in love. Like you're in a relationship with somebody who you know, this is the person you're living your life with, but you don't actually feel good together, right? Like it's like, it's, it's in, in those moments of where attention hasn't found a good enough reason to truly sink into the present so as to obviate any, any concern like that, right? And I mean, that's what, that's why meditation is this kind of superpower because it, until you learn to meditate, you think your the outside world or the circumstances of your life always have to get arranged so that the present moment be can become good enough to to demand your attention in a, in, a, in a way that makes that seems fulfilling that, that makes you happy. And so if you're if it's jujitsu, you think okay, I got to get back on the mat. It's been it's been months since I've trained. You know, it's, it's been over a year since I've trained. It's COVID. When am I going to be able to, to to train again? That's the only place I feel great, right? Or you know, I've got a ton of work to do. I'm, I'm not going to be able to feel good until I get all this work done, right? So I've got some deadline that, that's coming. You always think that your life has to change, the world has to change, so that you can finally have a good enough excuse to to truly to to just be here, and here is enough. You know, that where the, the present moment becomes totally captivating. Meditation is the only. I mean, meditation is another name for the discovery that you can actually just train yourself to do that on demand. So that, like, I mean, just looking at a cup can be good enough in precisely that way. And any sense that it might not be is recognized to be a thought that is mysteriously unravels the moment you notice it. And then, and you fall and, and that the moment expands and becomes more diaphanous. And then there's no, this might hold the key. I, I spelled it almost correct. I got an E instead of an A, but you know, give it to me light, delicate, translucent. So the moment has to be, Light, delicate, and translucent. Let's continue. <laughs> that this isn't the best moment of your life, right? Like this, it doesn't, and again, it doesn't have to be. Is he still talking about looking at a cup? <laughs> okay, can we pause it? There is. Um, okay, where to begin? So he is saying. So he firstly started by saying that. Um, you know, people are under the impression that you have to arrange the things in your external affairs in such a way that you can have contentment and fulfillment, right? And he says, this is, a, this is a fallacy, this is wrong. And what you should do is you should um, train yourself so that you can internally generate a sense of contentment by actually looking at a cup, right? You can, you can basically generate that feeling of pure engagement by looking at a cup, okay? And I guess he's saying this in the context of if the question of the purpose and the meaning of life is coming up, it means that you're not engaging in the present moment sufficiently. In the cup. In the cup, which essentially means that he's saying that, I mean, effectively, he's saying then the purpose of your life is to engage in your life. Sorry, is to engage with the present moment in such a way that you are able to derive maximum contentment from that present moment. So that is the purpose of your life. So basically, that means the purpose of your life is to live mindfully and to be engaged in activities with full concentration. So the purpose of your life is concentration. Correct. Why? Well, you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of the verse of the Quran. And things do generally sometimes. Mm -hmm. And this is one particular example. 
Um, chapter, 20, chapter 95, verse 5 to 6. Okay. It says, surely we have created man in the best make. Right? And then the very next verse says, hmm. Then if he works iniquity, we reject him as the lowest of the low. Hmm. To subjugate the human mind, the pinnacle from what we understand of um, consciousness, Hmm. Whether it be in the brain or the seat of the soul or whatever it be, the human consciousness, the cu- human attention, hmm. the ability to concentrate, to subjugate that to seeking pleasure yeah. from the shape, light, color, weight, texture yeah. of a material object is to actually reduce your consciousness to that of a material object. Yeah, because you fill it to the brim with the with, with the with thing, material object. With the with, yeah, that's actually what he is advocating for. It's basically a lowering of the bar. Yeah. for enjoyment in life to such a degree that everything becomes enjoyable yeah. such that you do not have to pay attention to the pain in your life. So it's a mental lobotomy. It's a mental lobotomy. I think let's let's go on. But that is that does seem to be what he's saying. He's exactly saying, what he's saying. He's saying give yourself a mental lobotomy such that you have such engagement through concentration that any form is enough to fill your cup. Correct. Met- that's yeah. a pun <laughs> if I ever heard it. But <laughs> yes, okay. basically. Let's okay, keep going. Let's keep going. Oh, you know, it, this tastes like chocolate. You know, this is the most chocolatey moment of my life. No, it's just it, it, the the sense data don't have to change, but the the sense that there is some kind of basis for doubt about the rightness of being in the world in this moment that can evaporate when you pay attention. And can say darkness again. That is the meaning. So the, the I have to keep the, the dictionary the, open. Question: the, the meaning of life for me is to live in that mode more and more, and to whenever I notice I'm not in that mode. To recognize it and, and return, and and to not be to, to to cease more and more to take. How did he even get to the why studio not? in that mode? Uh, he must be because we all have reasons why we can't be fulfilled in this moment. It's like this, uh, I've got all these outstanding things that I'm worried about, right? It's like it's you know there's there's that thing that's happening later today that I you know is, uh, I'm anxious about. Whatever it is, we're, we're constantly deferring our sense of this is this is it. You know, this is not a dress rehearsal. This is the show. We keep deferring it. And Can we, we stop there? These... No. Okay, fine. I just want to make the point. I mean, if, if if the first caveman had taken that particular perspective, we'd all be cavemen. Hmm. All right. And that is exactly what he is in his lovely studio with his million-dollar book deals, hmm. okay, um, with going on all these fancy podcasts, getting millions of views. Hmm. It's a very privileged position to say from that perspective, you need to be happy with your lot in life to such an extent that you're happy staring at a cup, hmm. okay? Or you're happy enjoying a little bit of chocolate. It's basically a philosophical, it's a philosophical justification of saying, look, okay, mate, you just sit down, you know, sit down, be quiet, don't make too much noise. And he can be used to that. I'm not sure he's advocating for that. for that. He is effectively. I mean, he's advocated to torture, so this only wouldn't be the most uh, the worst <laughs> thing he's advocated. But um, uh, but it's also his own lifestyle contradicts that because this is a guy who's clearly got goals in life and goals which are worldly and which are to do with what he thinks is meaningful. What he thinks is meaningful is spreading 
his, his ideology. His ideology. Otherwise, why is he doing this? How did he even get to the? How did he even get to the studio with all that? Those those you know bombarded diaphanous experiences along the way. Oh, the light on the street and the the shimmer from the glass. Ah, well, I must be captivated you, in the moment. You only do things that actually um, you find that that help to serve your goals, which is what he's admitting here. Yeah. But the fact that he's come onto these podcasts, he's writing these books, indicates that he's he cannot live completely engrossed in the present moment and have that fulfilling him. No. So he's actually his own lifestyle contradicts. Uh, it shows that he doesn't have any conviction, at least, in what he's saying. He because should, if he, he had conviction, he would... deals and just go and live yeah. a normal ascetic life uh, 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 up a mountain unless, somewhere. Unless he's saying then there's some kind of other motivation apart from contentment that's driving him to do those things, which is obviously, you know, not true because people do what, what makes them content and they rarely expend huge amounts of effort doing more than that. Um, so I think he's contradicting himself here. And I think that that shows that what he's saying should not be trusted because the practitioner himself doesn't really practice it. Hmm. Well, the, the interesting point. Interesting point. These moments on the calendar where we think, okay, this is this is where it's all going to land. It's that vacation I pl planned with my five best friends. You know, we do this once every three years, and now we're going. And here we are on the beach together. Unless you have a mind that can really pay attention, really cut through the chatter, really sink into the present moment, you can't even en enjoy those moments the way they should be enjoyed, the way you dreamed you would enjoy them when they arrive. Uh, so it's. I mean, so, so meditation, in the sense, is the great equalizer. It's like it, it's you don't have to you don't have to live with the illusion anymore that you need a good enough reason and that things are going to get better when you do have those good reasons. It's like there, there's just a mirage-like quality to every future attainment and every future breakthrough and every future peak experience that eventually you get the lesson that you never quite arrive. Right? Like like you you won't you don't you don't arrive. He said bitterly to step over the present <laughs> moment in search of. The next thing it doesn't do it <laughs> i mean we're constantly we're, we're stepping over the thing that we think we're seeking in the act of seeking it and so it is kind oh, of a paradox. okay okay pause it you... yeah i gotta get i gotta get in there man yeah so again reminds me of another two verses of the Quran, chapter 24 verse 40 as to those who disbelieve their deeds are like a mirage in a desert mm. exactly what he said he's experienced this experience mm. many times he just come to the wrong conclusion afterwards. Hmm. As to those who disbelieve, their direct deeds are like a mirage in a desert. The thirsty one thinks it to be water until when he comes up to it, he finds it to be nothing. Hmm. And he finds Allah near him, who then, pull, pay, who then fully pays him his account. And Allah is swift at reckoning. The second verse it reminded me of was chapter 20, verse 15. Can we very one second? This is really worth. This is really, really simple, and you'll know the verse very easily. Uh, Verily, it is in the remembrance of Allah that mm. hearts find comfort. That's not chapter twenty, verse fifteen. It's a different verse, but verily, in the remembrance of Allah does the heart find comfort. And I'll get you that reference in a minute. Well, tell me about what I you mean, think those two verses have to do with well, that. That's it. that I mean, issue. I was just thinking about that because I was thinking in the life of a believer and from a theistic perspective, and we're Ahmadi Muslims. Um, you know, our mine is the opposite. Where actually, if you align your life correctly, everything can have meaning because behind um, all of your actions, ultimately, you are trying to dedicate yourself to God with all of your actions. Be it your job, be it a relationship with friends, be it a relationship with family, uh, partners, you know, and wives, children, etc. Right? Ultimately, all of these things you're doing in a context that will um, that where you're where you're obeying God's laws and you're living your life in a way that helps to spiritually uplift yourself and others around you right so everything actually has meaning like even the smallest thing like there are those hadith the same as the prophet muhammad peace be upon him where he said even putting like food in the in the um mouth of i think your wife yeah. um brings with it huge reward 
Yeah. And chapter chapter 4, verse 125. But whoso does good works, whether male or female, and is a believer, shall enter heaven, and shall not be wronged even as much as the little hollow in the back of a date stone. Which means even the tiniest good thing that they did yeah. um, will be rewarded and recognized. And yeah. everything can become meaningful. Yeah. Because... It's like, even if you're going through different struggles, it's you're going through these struggles for the sake of God mm. and you're being steadfast and you're making the best out of your potentially bad situation. And it reminded me of the Hadith where um, the Prophet said, Prophet peace be upon him of Islam said, um, this world is a, oh no, he said, he said, what, um, he said, wondrous is the case of a believer. Yeah. Wondrous yeah. is the case of a believer. Yeah. If he comes across something which is good, then he is grateful for it. And that is good for him. And if he comes across something which causes him some suffering, then he is steadfast, steadfast through that suffering. And that is also good for him. Yeah, he earns God's pleasure from that. Yeah, so in, in every situation, you can be either grateful or steadfast and really grateful for all of it in a way. Mm. Um, and you can actually have God's pleasure because of that. So what you're saying is, is that every, just by the way, of chapter 13, verse 27 to 28 is the, what I mentioned earlier, verily it is in the remembrance of Allah that hearts find comfort. Yeah. So what you're really saying is, is that he's describing the complete antithesis of your experience of life, literally the negative. Yeah. Literally the... the um, He's saying everything I do... Is meaningless. Is meaningless. And Even I things that are supposed it to be. with meaning. Invent it. In, yeah, invent the invent meaning. Invent it. He has to invent the meaning in the moment hmm. by applying to it and deriving from it a sensory experience that provides him some degree of contentment, whereby yeah. he has to effectively shut out. What he's doing is, in all of these moments where the invasion of the thought comes to mind that this is all meaningless, this is all meaningless, this is all meaningless, hmm. he has to force it out of his mind. Yeah. Okay? He has to force that out of his mind and be able to experience the sensory pleasure of that particular moment. Hmm. And that is what enables him to find comfort, which is effectively the lobotomization of himself. Whereas what you're saying is, is that every moment is invested and imbued with meaning. Yeah because you know that you will see the fruits of it and the and the result of it every moment yeah with god and god is watching god is swift at reckoning as well absolutely but why why is it why is it meaningless like can you can you explain a little bit about the the context of say a theistic outlook and our outlook yeah. versus his outlook of matter energy and the laws of nature why 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 is why why are you saying that everything he does is is by his own we don't believe it's meaningless. We don't believe his life is meaningless. Not his at all. life is extremely meaningful. Yeah, but why, why, does, to why, make it so. why does he, why, why would he come to that conclusion? Because he's the accidental byproduct of an accidental universe. Hmm. Um, and all of his actions, at some point in the future, there will come a moment at some point in the future, hmm. after his death, right? Whereby the world would not have been any different whether he had been alive or dead hmm. from a material standpoint. Yeah. Right? Now, for the great men of society, it'll be that that might be at the end of human civilization mm. because the human civilization will always bear the mark of some human beings, mm. no matter how long ago they lived. You know, Abraham, peace be upon him, is 4,000 years ago. Mm. He's still having an effect upon people's lives. Mm. And in fact, if you look at the people who make the greatest impact, you know, it's it's the prophets of God. Yeah. Okay, so Michael H. Art. Not new atheist. Um, not horsemen. new atheist pundits, yeah. No. Okay. Um, you know, Michael H. Art Hart wrote the book, The Hundred, The Greatest Men of All Time, and he ranked the prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, as the number one, and he ranked Jesus as number two, most yeah. influential human beings of all time. So, I mean, so for those, for such great men, their worldly impact will last as long as the world exists and there are men to remember them, men and women to remember them. Sam Harris might be... Well, I don't want to speculate, but um, yeah. there will come a point whereby it will not have mattered whether he lived or died. And if you only believe in a worldly existence to life, hmm. right, then 
it effectively renders your life pretty meaningless yeah. pretty rapidly. And for most people, that effect is like 10 or 15 years. Hmm. For most well, people, I mean, no, it'll, it'll be people to, that they, that they love and, that, uh, yeah, so and it might be, their, might be up to their grandchildren. That's correct. Yeah. But even then for their grandchildren, you know, if those grandparents had been supplanted by other grandparents, yeah. you know, yeah. That's the reality. I mean, for most grandparents, and, 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 and when, they, such when the Earth impact. collides and they crash into the oh, that, sun or whatever, well, that's, that's for everybody. But I mean, yeah. even within you know a few generations, for most people, it's as if they had never lived. Mm. And so, you know, this is the problem he's facing. It's effectively an existential crisis he experiences walking down the road every day. Yeah, right. Every time someone gives us a cup of tea, not this again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but for us, you know, and for believers in general, I think there is a a truly diaphanous moment, (laughs) (laughs) you know, around the corner every day, because every single day you experience things whereby you are able to, um, appreciate God's beauty more. And you recognize that every day is a fresh opportunity to seek the blessings of God and to progress in one's moral condition. And so for a believer, even if he lived on a mountainside for the rest of his life, all of those moments would be kept for God by God. All of those moments would be would be recognized by God and he will see the outcomes and the outcomes of them will play out throughout eternity in the afterlife. Yeah. You know, so, you know, if they are a believer, if they are a person who does good deeds, loves God and has a good relationship with God's creation, then they will see the fruitful outcomes of their actions for the rest of their existence. So every moment is imbued with extensive and infinite meaning. But yeah. for him, it's, 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 it's imbued with extensive and infinite despair. It's interesting how you're kind of what you think is ultimate reality, which for him is essentially nothingness. Uh, in fact, he believes in a universe coming from nothing. Yeah. Um, is infects and overtakes everything so we believe in god who is the ultimate reality that will that can overpower every moment essentially such a good point nothingness overpowers every moment yeah right um so i I think that's very that's very interesting and and also it also reminds me of a quote of the promise messiah the founder of the ahmadiyya muslim community where he said i'm paraphrasing but he said uh, a pauper in his hut can be much happier than um than a a king in his palace Mm. right if he is a believer in god and the other isn't Mm. because of someone someone who's truly righteous and has a relationship with god uh well that relationship will sustain him through everything and every act that he does can be meaningful to his soul and to the souls of those around him and ultimately in this life and in the next life whereas the the king in his palace who's simply trying to give himself as many diaphanous sensory moments as possible <laughs> is going to run out of things and, and, and he can only ca- encounter so much distraction um yeah that's what, exactly what it is he's trying to distract there's a distra- you know in psychology in psychiatry these are distraction techniques so that you don't self-harm right? really yeah this is which i've, I've always okay well they may have some, some utility but you know for you as, as you an don't existential teach them to way patients. of life huh you don't teach them to your patients um i it, whatever works <laughs> but in terms of as an existential yeah. uh, mode of being yeah. a yeah. distraction technique to stop um self-harm of your actual thinking yes is is not recommended as a as plan a i think in life yeah that's um, his that's his that's his modus operandi it seems. yeah do we want to watch the yeah, rest yeah let's let's let's, let's be fair to him give the rest of it i mean there is a there's this paradox that which i mean it sounds trite but it's like you you can't actually become happy you can only be happy and 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 it's that it's the illusion that become it's the it's the illusion that your future being happy it can be predicated on this act of becoming in any domain you know and becoming includes this sort of you know further under further scientific understanding on the questions that interest you or you know um, getting in better shape or whatever the thing is whatever the whatever the contingency of your dissatisfaction seems to be in any present moment 
real attention solves the koan, you know, in in a way that becomes a very different place from which to then make any f further change. It's not that you just have to dissolve into a puddle of goo. I mean, you can still get in shape and you can still do all the things that, you know, the superficial things that are obviously good to do. But the sense that your well-being is over there is um, really does diminish and eventually just becomes a, it becomes a kind of non sequitur. So. Well, there's a sense in which in this conversation, I've actually experienced many of those things, the sense that I've arrived. So I mentioned to you offline, it's very true that I start, I've been a fan of yours for many years. Hmm. And the reason I started this podcast, speaking of AI systems, is to manipulate you, Sam Harrison, to doing this conversation. <laughs> so like on the calendar, yeah. literally, you know, I've I always had a sense, people ask me, when, when are you gonna talk to Sam Harris? And I always answered eventually, right? because I always felt, again, tying our free will thing, that somehow that's going to happen. I, and it's one of those manifestation things or something. I don't know if it's, an, maybe I am a robot. I'm just not cognizant of it. Okay, he's going, <laughs> going to go to the deep end. Okay, we, we can cut it out. I think it was the end of the yeah. video. <laughs> so, but I, that, that's interesting because he kind of, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. you go first. You okay. go first. You sure? No, you yeah, go, yeah, you go. go first. You go first. Well, it seems like Lex I'm sure it'll produce, produce a diaphanous experience for me. <laughs> I just had a diaphany, actually. Uh, <laughs> is that a thing? Diaphany. No, it's, it's, a, it's a pun. And it is. Uh, it is a diaphany. Oh, really? Diaphany's a word, yeah, No yeah. one cares about this. So <laughs> the thing which struck me about Lex <laughs> is that he seems to have completely not understood what Sam was saying. Yeah, he doesn't, right? does. <laughs> he doesn't understand. He's it. like, yeah, I made this chart and I was looking forward to this day and I was working towards it. No, Sam's like, no. Because <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's saying, I, I, you know, you coming here has is a material thing. It's yeah. a worldly thing, which has given me happiness. Why? Because I, it has meaning to me. It has meaning because I, 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 this is speculation, but probably something like, I see Sam Harris as a very wise, intelligent person who's done a really good podcast and I seek to emulate him by putting out what little I know in the world into the world. And maybe one day it'll be of such good worth that someone like Sam Harris can come in, onto my show, <laughs> right? <laughs> so it's meaningful to him because it's in the context. It brings him happiness because yeah. it's got meaning in his context. Yeah. Because he's normal. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, that's how most people live. Is he about to say that then I realize that this is actually a mirage and I shouldn't well, actually have looked forward well, to coming Well, the only way here. he could actually... Is uh, that how he's going to end it? Is that what no, we're no, missing no. out in the next minute? No, I think the, the, the only way he could actually agree with Sam now is to recognize that this, this, what, this is a mirage and I've experienced this by the fact that this has not given me any kind of sense of contentment <laughs> or happiness, you being here. You, I wish you hadn't come, quite honestly. <laughs> you know, because he's... He's, you know, he's basically, he's shown also that what Sam has said is kind of like incomprehensible unless you're stopping and thinking about it every five seconds, like we have been, um, because he didn't seem to have taken that in. Sam is saying, don't rely on worldly things to give you happiness. And, which uh, is an important lesson. Which is important because he's really, experienced it. Because, but he, but he, his answer to that is dive further into the worldly experience. Yeah. yeah. His answer isn't recognize that actually fundamentally there must be more than this and I should seek out something higher consciousness beyond this. Yeah. It's his, his answer is reduce your consciousness, put a reducing valve, put a high pass noise filter on your, on your consciousness, yeah. cut out all the high thoughts. Okay. Yeah. And reduce yourself to the lowest common denominator. Yeah. I mean, can I, are you finished? Do you want to? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, what struck me is that he starts talking about happiness. The question wasn't about happiness. Sam Harris has made a rookie philosophical mistake here. Mm. Okay. Purpose and happiness are two separate things. Mm hmm right? Completely separate things, right? So I, I think that that's also part of the part of the problem is that he starts talking about what makes you happy. Yeah. That's not the issue here because 
you know, there's a difference between being pleased and happy and ah, ah, laughful, joyful and everything. Okay. And it's, you know, which comes out of the kind of superficiality Mm. of life and the superficial moments of life and having long-term contentment and being fulfilled and being fulfilled. And he's kind of talking about both simultaneously and mixing them together. So he's not actually using his words very precisely. I suspect what he's talking about is long-term contentment rather than happiness. Right. But at the same time, is he really going to get really content from looking at a cup? I doubt it. Um, but, you know, they actually, they can be linked, but they can only be linked in a theistic context. Because yeah. it would make sense that God created you in such a way that by fulfilling your meaning, that is the, that is how you become content and therefore become happy in, in a loose sense, right? Yeah, I mean, th- there's also a sense that people, you know, there's a there's a sage in, uh, of, in Islam known as Mosiniyat. So when you're a Mosin, hmm. um, it, it's characterized, according to the Holy Prophet, وسلم, peace be upon him, by a condition whereby, and the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community wrote about this at length, Hazim Rizullah Ahmad, peace be upon him, which is that when you, um, and it's similar to what you said earlier about wondrous is the case of a believer, steadfastness and gratitude. But it's, it's uh, more than that. It's that when God um, applies to you a trial or a difficulty or, or worldly suffering or something other people would be upset with, the death of a loved one, um, a loss of your job, um, a loss of a meaningful opportunity to you, hmm. that the person turns to ingratitude to God. Hmm. Do you see? Because a person recognizes that this is an opportunity for me to attain nearness to God. Hmm. And because they value that above all worldly pleasures and suffering, hmm. they actually become pleased hmm. with the opportunity to suffer for the sake of God. And that's that's obviously a condition in which a person transcends worldly pleasure and pain at the more cerebral and higher level hmm. entirely. Yeah. Uh, and it strikes me that Islam is not something which tells you to... Um, you know, it's not like we're saying that Sam just says indulgent, you know, go completely into the world. And we say go completely into God in the sense of you completely disconnect from the world and don't have any kind of sensory perceptions and don't don't engage with the world at all, which is a kind of late Buddhist type idea of asceticism yeah. and you shut off yourself from the world yeah. like a yogi, right? Yeah. Islam is live in the world completely, completely live in the world, be in the world, but not of the world, yeah, is the, as the saying goes. Yeah. I.e. Be a know, ship which is you know on the water, in contact with the water, but above it. Yeah, and if you look at all the prophets, they were people who were in the world and they were constantly helping other people and engaging with all their difficulties Yeah, um, and and spending so much time helping people, even doing what we would consider man- mundane things. Yes. Um, but actually, it was ter- terrifically meaningful because mm. what they were doing was actually helping people in their, in, the, in their real lives. They weren't such as to go and you know hide away for all of their lives. They may have spent periods in isolation where they were concentrating on prayers. But if you look at their whole lives, they were engaged in the world. And Islam as such tells you to use all of your capacities, but to direct them in a productive manner and do everything uh, with the knowledge that everything you do if done in a certain way, can win the pleasure of God and further your relationship with God and is therefore incredibly meaningful. Even the smallest thing, even picking up litter, is described as a good deed, you know, in, yeah, by the, the prophet smallest Muhammad, good deed is, the, is to remove, remove an obstruction on the way of So if I path. see a cup on the floor, right, as I'm walking, that can grab my attention and I can thank God for this opportunity and I can put it in the bin and that becomes a meaningful moment for me. Yeah. Right, but it becomes meaningful because the context, the 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 context in which I live, the spiritual context that I have. Mm. Whereas for him, he sees the cup and he sees ah another chance for distraction away from my away from my these pesky thoughts. Yeah. Of what should I do? How should I live? Mm. Let me generate that through meditation, where I can focus on that and thereby dis, you know quell all the thoughts that I'm having that are uh, disquieting my soul. Yeah. 
I think it's quite depressing, actually. Yeah. I think I might, like... <laughs> anyway, very depressing. It is depressing. Yeah. It's depressing that that is his experience of life. That is a pretty depressing... Uh, I, I think we and should... both of them, I mean... Well, I, do, I don't know. So, I mean, well, I don't think Lex is the same, but... Well, he seems to be lauding him quite significantly. Well, let's, let's see how it finishes. You let, let's it? see if Sam okay, is... Okay, let's finish uh, on this. Finish on this. Let's see if Sam corrects I mean, him. I don't know what the purpose of my life at this point is. So, if I've arrived. So, in that yeah. sense, I mean, all that to say... Uh, I'm only partially joking on that. Uh, is it really uh, is a huge honor that you would waste this time with oh, me? Oh yeah, well, it really means a lot. Listen, to it's, it's mutual. I'm a big fan of yours, and as you know, I reached out to you for this. Mm-hmm. So, so this is uh, um, it's great. I love what you're doing. You're doing something uh, more and more indispensable in this world on on your podcast, <laughs> and you're you're doing it differently than than Rogan's doing it or than I'm doing it. I mean, you, you have a, you definitely found your own lane, and it's it's wonderful. Okay, so all of that just completely debunked everything. How's it just indispensable? Said yeah. Say indispensable means you cannot live without it. Well, I mean, it's providing so much meaning to the world. Uh, how could it be an honor to 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 meet him when mm. you know it's uh, fundamentally you should be able to drive every moment have the same meaning mm. as every other moment. There should be no question of meaning from one aspect to another. Yeah, and you know, maybe Sam is uh, his meditation needs a bit of uh, brushing up on. <laughs> Might be true. Okay, next video.